Hey, humanoids, before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about our newest podcast, Ringer FC. Every week, Chris Ryan, Ryan O'Hanlon, Micah Peters, and various Ringer staff members will be discussing everything happening in the world of soccer. From the Premier League to the state of the game in America, let our soccer experts guide you along ahead of the 2018 FIFA World Cup. So make sure to subscribe and listen to Ringer FC wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to a very special post-SummerSlam edition of The Masked Man Show. I'm in uh, the Ringer office in Brooklyn, New York, here with my dear friend, a special guest, and the first appearance ever on The Masked Man Show, Stat Guy Greg, Greg the Virgin, Gregory Hyde. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm going to try to do my best Dave Schilling impression <laughs> while we're here. It's Hopefully okay, man. Keep up. Just you be you. That's all. I re- that, that, that's all that matters here. Listen, we were we've spent much of the past uh, forty eight to seventy two hours together watching professional wrestling and uh, and uh, hanging out talking fun. about professional wrestling. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Right before we started rolling, we were talking about um, what I think is the biggest moment of the entire weekend, which was Cesaro versus Beach Ball. One <laughs> such a ball buster, <laughs> Cesaro. Um, it was really like. There's there's a, a weird feeling. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if people listening to this can sympathize, but like I feel, uh, you know, I, I feel a social a certain social anxiety when I go to wrestling events because I feel like like the people around me reflect on me and my friends and on fandom as a whole. So when people yep. start like a really like base misogynistic chant, I just get sick. It's like it's some like I've I've been a part of those chants. It's not that big of a deal, but I've, now I'm doing this for so long. I feel like I'm like you know. I feel like I'm like the PTA dad or something. Like I just got to like right. look out for everybody's best interests. Um, and I'm not going to jump in front of a, you know, a bullet or anything, but like it, it, it feels weird. The beach ball, when the first moment that I saw the beach ball, I felt sad. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is annoying. Yeah. Cause this is the match I was looking forward to the most. And this is, the, I mean, granted, they didn't have time to bring out the beach ball for uh, Rusev Randy Orton, but like <laughs> the shot cage match. Cause got the beach ball. No, I know. It's just one of those weird things where it's like, I'm sure whoever did it, whoever brought that beach ball was really stoked when Cesaro jumped out of the ring and tore it to shreds because they were sort of a part of the match. Right. But, but like Cesaro did that because he was just so pissed off that anyone would bring a beach ball and like disrespect what was going on in the ring to that extent. You you see this stuff at other sports. I always see it when I go to Dodgers games, which makes a little bit more sense because like baseball has a lot of downtime. It's so slow. Like there's time for that. And it's like, if you like, or at least throw the beach ball during one of the 50, the 15 minute video packages before the event, like make, make a statement. Like this is boring being here live. Don't make a statement when there's a badass tag team match going on. Right. And Cesaro made that point for me. I think I don't need to repeat it. (laughs) But it it was incredible to see him. Like he got to the, to the security guard really quickly too. We were talking about that. Like, that was the most amazing athletic. It, that and Braun Strowman's feats of strength were the two most amazing athletic feats uh, of the entire weekend. But let's start. Let, let's let's rewind a little bit before we get to SummerSlam proper. Um, 
I want to talk about NXT TakeOver. It was a, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, once again, TakeOver like sets the bar for the weekend and, yeah. and kind of doesn't let it go. I was going to say that too. Like this is the third year in a row. I feel like TakeOver was better than SummerSlam and SummerSlam was really good this year. I feel like, uh, and I agree. And I think, you know, I think by the main event, the, the SummerSlam sort of shifted the balance. I, my only complaint with TakeOver was that it was like, the, it was so consistent and it's not like really unique for an, for a big NXT event. But um, Asuka and Ember Moon put on a match of the year candidate. Yeah. But it was almost like, like even the Sanity match was was like really good. Uh, Gargano almost was good, but I mean that, that it felt a little bit separate. But like the tag team match and uh, Alistair Black at Hideo Itami, and then the title match, and then along with the women's title match, they were all so good. I, I think that it, nothing stood out. I mean, not, like when you're sitting there live, there wasn't one thing that just like stood out way above everything else. Yeah, and that's that's the problem that you said with the consistency of how good it was. Like they were, it was all highs, and so you don't realize how good everything is because they're all just that good. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty impressive. Um, I will say, I mean, like someone told me before the show that that uh that black Atami was going to be the match and it wasn't i mean it, it compared to those other matches that was like the bottom that was the probably the last one i mean, not, I mean compared to the, the the three singles matches that closed it out that was probably the lowest i guess yeah i put the both I'd title say, matches above that absolutely so it's a little bit let down just because i'm such an alistair black mark and a his and a, a tommy mark but um, and that's the thing though like when that match ended we both were like, damn, that was a great match. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and then we sat through two more matches that uh, were just like... Um, Meltzer, I think, it was said that that, uh, that Asuka and Ember was one of the three best women's matches in WWE history, which, I mean, it could very well be true. It sounds like hyperbole, but I, I, I believe it, though. I would agree with that. Um, it was, God, it was, it was really, really fun. And I mean, the, and then McIntyre rude was in some ways sort of just like a really conventional match, but it felt, it just felt so big. I mean, part of the thing with, if we want to, you know, reference the beach ball again, part of what makes NXT so great. And we've both talked about it before is that the environment just feels so different. Yeah. I think they're actually, I'm trying to remember if I saw a beach ball at some point in NXT that's going to like discount my entire argument, but the crowd is really locked in, in a way that you just aren't for SummerSlam or for Raw or something like that. Yeah, Everybody's it's, there. It's like it's like going to see a house show. Like everybody's there, like and kind of taking it really like seriously, or like the you know cheering and booing earnestly for the yeah. whole thing. And it's and, it's a lot of fun, man. You know, even Full Sail, like Full Sail, there might have been a beach ball at Full Sail that will discount your argument, but for the most part, when they travel and they do these takeovers, the crowd takes it really seriously. Like the hardcore fans of professional wrestling come out for NXT. So the big thing. I mean, the, the major takeaway and, you know, there's no way to give to give due credit to, to, you know, the excellence of that women's match. But the big takeaway at the end was um, Drew McIntyre wins the NXT title. Yes. And then I from where we were sitting, we were actually a little ways back uh, on the like up, up on the, the first riser. And I spent the, a lot of the weekend like looking at the crowd and look, the looking around man. for the stage yeah. directions. And I was, I think we were, I was next to Dipper scene. And, and when, after the match, I looked over and I was like, Bobby Roode just ran the hell out. Like, yeah. that, like we're, something else is about to happen. Cause there's no real, like Bobby Roode should be lying in the ring hurt. I, I have to give you your respect for that. Um, just the way you called everything and you saw the placement of everything at the end of the main event. Because I remember you saying like, Bobby Roode is out of here. So like, yeah. he didn't look back. There might not even be a rematch. Only time will tell. But I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with that one. That he is going up. 
sooner rather than later. But then um, you notice that KO was still sitting in the crowd. You notice that that little space right next to KO was still open for somebody to come in yeah. from the crowd. You noticed you pieced it all together. Well, I, there was a moment where I thought that KO was actually going to be involved in the angle somewhere. But I think he just really wanted to see. And this is, what, of course, what everybody knows about Adam Cole's shocking debut. He just wanted to see his buddy make his first appearance. Yeah. And because uh, because like so so Bobby Roode gets out of there. Um, Drew's, I guess, celebrating. And then Red Dragon like comes through the like the other side. Right. It like, comes from the sort of like like ramp. Like if the ramp is noon, they come from like two o'clock through yeah. the crowd and then and, you know, start attacking him. And then just when you think that's going to be it, because they had, they'd interfered earlier in the night. Uh, Adam Cole comes in from, you know, the six o'clock area that that all the big run ins were happening from this weekend. And uh, and yeah, man, we got a ring of honor faction in yeah. NXT. What, what do you think? I I love it. It's just it's funny to me, though, like um, because Kyle O'Reilly was, of course, in the tag team with Adam Cole, Future Shock, and he was in Red Dragon with Bobby, Bobby Fish. Fish yeah. And he just got away from those guys. And now they put them back together. It's just kind of funny to me. Like they just had a blood feud, Adam Cole and um Kyle O'Reilly that wrapped up in January and now they're back together like in a faction that's going to run the table. Also worth pointing out that Drew McIntyre's old finisher was called Future Shock. So everything's coming full circle here. Um, Yeah, I remember watching uh, I remember watching Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly back at, you know, the Manhattan Center Ring of Honor, Matt Ring of Honor tapings. And, and, you know, I I was always I was the biggest Kyle O'Reilly mark. I'm sure people listening to this podcast probably remember like back on Cheap Heat. I was just like saying the praises of Kyle O'Reilly for years. And um, and I mean, Adam Cole is has earned everything that he's gotten on in Ring of Honor and elsewhere. I mean, he's he's just amazing. But even even that, too, just to give you more respect, like when Cole does the run in, I look at you. I'm like, okay, so now what do they call him? And you remember what you said to me? Oh, you, you were saying, what, what are they going to call Adam Cole? Yeah. What did I say? You were like, you do a run-in like that, you're Adam Cole. Like, there's no question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you, I mean, unless somebody else owns the name, if you're jumping through the crowd, you got to, I mean, it's, they only have, they, they only have the chance to call you what people know you by. Um, but yeah, because we couldn't, of, co- of course, hear the announcers. Like, we're, like, yeah. for everyone listening to this, we, like, you said you rewatched that segment. I have rewatched nothing since, since I mean, after NXT and SummerSlam. So it's all, I'm all going off of like my perce- what, what I perceive that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think this is going to be a really cool look for Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. I mean, for sorry for NXT. NXT has been you know since since the last round of call ups. NXT has been a, in a little bit of a rebuilding phase. Mm-hmm. And Saturday night was the first time for me that it felt like everything was clicking like we have a new era of nxt and it's going to be just as good as all the other ones yeah or or better so wait, where does oscar fit into this new era of nxt it's a, it's a really good question she's still undefeated um there was i read somewhere online this weekend the story about about uh like triple h and like begging them to leave oscar in nxt at the last round of call-ups he was like i just need i need her she's the she's going to be the biggest star in the in the promotion yeah so but it's it's there's only so long they can keep it going now we were fantasy booking sitting there and I was like, they should just call her up on Raw or SmackDown uh, this week and just have her say like, you know, I'm undefeated. I'm the NXT champion. Let's just like just bring the belt up, give the belt some cred. And then the second part of my fantasy booking was <laughs> say it was Ember Moon appearing immediately after and saying just like, you could barely beat me. Let's do it again. And then had, just had, let them do it. Let them dance on Raw and show everybody what, what they can do. Um, but that's never going to happen. But I think that, I think Asuka's getting called up soon. Um, 
our buddy Zach Linder is has all is so effusive about Oscar and ever and completely legitimate. But we talked about it a couple of times this weekend where he was just like like you know comparing her basically to Finn Balor as far as like future potential star right. power. And I think there's a lot of legitimacy to that man. She's incredible. I mean, Ember Moon is. I mean, has the all the potential in the world to just be like a you know game changer in the division, but she's not you know she's not Bret the Hitman Hart right now you no. know and 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 you can give a lot of the credit for that match uh, the the majority of the credit of that match to Oscar just being the most incredible worker yeah and I, I, you have to think though too like if Oscar goes up she she got to show up on SmackDown right as much as I would love to see her on a Monday Night Raw she's got to show up on SmackDown right because she did the disarmor to Ember Moon and there was a moment where like she's staring at Becky Lynch in the crowd like well while she has an armbar yeah on uh, Ember Moon I mean I think Smackdown's a good spot for her but I you know it's or just let her be a free agent yeah, like, I was gonna say I'll, go, I'll perform on Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday whenever I feel like it because I'm the best woman in all three like across the WWE universe yeah um just have her sitting in the crowd oh, we were talking about this weekend first of all shout out to Nature Boy Ric Flair who apparently is doing much better um, but I remember the first time Oscar was on that was on TV yeah. was at that NXT show. She was seated next to Rick, and Rick and didn't were, know she was. Right behind her. I don't think it was on TV. I was on. That, I mean, I was right there though. Yeah, yeah. you were right there. Um, yeah, what did, uh, I, I didn't know that I was that close to the future of me either. I, I, it's crazy. I mean, we we knew that Rick Flair was there, and I was just like, I don't know who this woman is with him. Like, is Rick? Is this fifth wife? <laughs> I don't know who this is, but oh, man. we know now. All right. Well, I think that's probably enough about NXT. It was, a, I mean, I assume everybody listening to this show has watched it, but it's, if you, if you haven't go, go watch all those matches now. Cause it's as always was, was really, really great. Um, I don't think we, let's not go through the entire card of SummerSlam because uh, it was about 73 hours long. Um, so it's still going on. Right? They got five more hours. Right? <laughs> SummerSlam Monday at SummerSlam Tuesday. Um, uh, we, we can, we can run through a couple of bullet points. We got new tag team champions. Yes. Uh, over on the SmackDown brand. And is. on the Raw brand. And on, oh, yeah. Like everybody's swapping titles yesterday. Um, new the, women's champions on Raw and SmackDown, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, was, it was a big night for title changes. Yeah. Except in the main event. We'll get there. Um, let's, let's just run through the car and see. And, and well, let's just do like winners and losers of, of SmackDown. My, my, I had some my buddies... Uh, my like group chat of, you know, with like Schilling and Dan St. Germain and Steve Kazee, like the old, the, like the original Masked Man Show crew were just sort of like listing who's done. Like the first one was like Baron, <laughs> Baron Corbin is done. done. Yeah. yeah. He's just, it just was such a, such a bad look. Which uh, I'm okay with. I, I honestly am like, I, I was excited about him when he uh, first got called up, you know, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal when I thought he was going to do something and he's been great on the mic, but in the ring, he hasn't been performing that well. And uh, I mean, unless unless you're the Miz, that's not going to work out for you. My, my my buddy Tom, who I talked about last week, because he went to go see the SmackDown taping, like he was just, he was distracted by Baron Corbin's, like, by, by just like the holes in the game. Like the looking over the shoulder when Cena was making the run in, yeah. like that stuff is like, it, it takes you, it's actually easier, I think, for you and I, for the, like the diehard fans to overlook something like that because we're just like, so like we've seen everything so many times, but Tom's just like kind of a casual and he's just like Baron Corbin looked like he, I mean, he, it just seems so fake when he's in the ring. Anyway, Corbin's out. Uh, is it, I mean, I guess Usos are 
finally getting the credit they deserve. I hope that the crowd really catches on with them because they're so, they're doing better than I mean they're they're yeah. one of the best acts in in the le- in in the company now. My question about that match is. Do you think we're finally going to get to the New Day kind of saying goodbye to the tag division for a minute and doing some single stuff or, you know, just evolving the, the characters a little bit? Oh, man. I I hope so, but I, I doubt it. Just because so much of what they do revolves around them as like a group. Yeah, but they could keep them together and just let somebody. I mean, they're all all of them are, you know as good as I mean, all of them could be wrestling for the US title. What I'd hoped they had they would have done and you know, there's still time for them to do this at some point, was um have New Day win money in the bank and then any one of them can cash in and then like they run the, the like a singles championship uh, with the Freebird rules. Like, I was wondering about that last night. Not money in the bank, but like, you know, the I C title or something I mean the the US title or the or the or the WWE title. It's like the WWE has opened up this crazy can of worms with the Freebird rules because now if the same team just goes and grabs a singles title, it's like they cannot Freebird rule it. But like, you but know, why not? Yeah. Like, and if any team could get away with it, it's definitely New Day. Where like somebody's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to challenge New Day for the championships, and then <laughs> they don't know who's defending the title until somebody walks out with the championship around their waist, and it could be Biggie, it could be Woods, it could be Kofi. So big win for the Usos and hopefully and potential big win for the New Day just from I mean that, yeah. that was it was a great match. There are no lo- there were no losers in that New Day Usos tag match. I mean everyone looked great. The Is crowd it? was into it and you know even with the title change the crowd was into it. <clears throat> that's definitely in like that's one of it's one of the three three or four best matches of the night. Probably three, right? Yeah, definitely the best um best match on the kickoff show. It's a low bar. I mean, I guess should there was a good. There was three good matches in the kickoff. But it, like, it, it should have been on the main card. Yeah, the the new day and Usos. Oh, yeah, they were wrestling at like two p.m. It was like the not not only were there three kickoff matches, but like they started them so early and did all the you know all the regular kickoff show stuff before. Well, the the the, the worst part about it is um they started the kickoff show before security let people into the arena. So like, oh, that's why all those pictures were coming out of like the place being yeah, empty. Yeah, the VIPs were in, but like, because I I tried to get to the to a VIP party before a pre party, and I went to the wrong entrance, and security's like, no, doors are closed, we're not letting anybody. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm on a list, I'm supposed to be inside, and they're like, oh, well, you need to go around the corner, and like, I got in fine, but everybody else was just waiting outside, and then when I get in, I hear that Jason Jordan has just been rolled up when. The, everybody's waiting outside to see the show. So, like, I don't know who that was core planning on somebody's part, but like, the doors should open before a bell rings, not the other way around. And the Miz and I mean, uh, the Miz and Jason Jordan, the Miz probably more so than Jordan, but Jordan's getting the big rocket push right now. Like, the the, I, the fact that you would have those guys wrestle without people in the house is just insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like they're like the Miz is like doing you a favor by wrestling on the pre-show. He's one of the best <laughs> workers in the company and nobody's there. And the the worst thing too is like he wins and you know his thing is to go into the crowd and just jaw jack whoever's there like yeah. there's literally one person in the crowd for him to All right. So loser control. loser is WWE security. Um uh, John Cena versus Baron Corbin. Is there anything to say about this match except that like I can't believe it happened. It, I can't believe they, they, they just, it was that cut and dry. No, there's, that's really all there is to say. I uh, mean, I was expecting Baron Corbin to come out with the, you know, with the win just to like, it, it didn't make sense for them to take the money in the bank contract out of his hands 
unless they were going to do something similar to what they did with Neville and like have him be unhinged and go to like another well, maybe level of ruthlessness. Maybe but. we're just going to have like depressed Baron Corbin because he's just like lost everything he has in the past week. Um, Natalia beat Naomi for the SmackDown title. This is another like leaving something on the table. I think everybody there was expecting everybody there was like expecting kind of fantasy booked themselves into two things. And we'll get to the, one of them later, but one of them was that Carmella would cash in. Yes. Especially, especially if Natalia took the title, I guess it could have gone either way, but it sort of felt like, uh, by the way, I enjoyed this match a great deal. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody was, I think, a little bit perplexed as to why this was the title match at SummerSlam. Um, there was a guy in the crowd who was like, he was on his feet the whole time. Do you remember? Were you there at this point? I don't know. There was a guy in the crowd who was on his feet the whole time. And the whole time he was cheering for Natty, like screaming at the top of his lungs. Expl- <laughs> like every time Naomi got some offense in, like there were all kinds of expletives coming out of his mouth. Um, he's like, come on, Natty. Take the belt. Take the belt. Come on, Natty. And I'm, I look at him and I go, it's not a belt. It's a title. He's like, <laughs> He's such a mark. well, F it then. Take the title. Take the title, Natty. The whole match. He went ballistic for, <laughs> for Natty. Everybody should have fans like that. I bet he was very excited when Natty won. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she won. I kind of, I'm interested in the sad Naomi, you know, angle they seem to be focusing on in the aftermath. But yeah, weird that Car- there was no Carmella. Yeah, especially since they made a big deal about um, Carmella on the pre-show. Yeah. Like uh, very 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 strange. Uh also strange is uh big was Big Cass versus Big Show with <sighs> our man Enzo Amore in a shark cage. Yeah, I I mean when when the Enzo has heat rumors initially surface <laughs> I was like, no. This is by the way the best storyline in WWE there's, right now. Is Enzo having backstage heat? No. I was just like, no. He makes too much, but he's too va- no, there's no way. And then every week something else happens to make me feel like, yes, it might it might actually be true. And this week they cut his mic. Like he's in the middle of of a rant. He's he's referencing all kinds of hip hop uh albums and rappers and his promo is very New York, and they cut his mic. Did they? I totally they, missed that. They absolutely did. They cut his mic and they played Big Cass's music. It was not. It was not. The promo was not going well. It was in some ways just a kind of a quintessential Enzo promo. Yeah, I think it was just going over a lot of people's heads because, like, there was that first part where he was quoting who was he? Oh, he's quoting um, Little Kim, Little Kim, and 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 he was like leaving the spaces for how you doing, and nobody was doing it. Yeah. It was. It's a whole different world when Big Cass isn't like leading the uh, call and response behind you. Yeah. Anyway, um, I like the little spot of him like oiling up and slipping out of the cage, and then immediately just getting KO'd, which but, is further evidence that he probably has heat because for that, keep him in the cage. For one, why is a babyface in the shark cage? Number two, babyface escapes the shark cage to become a non-factor. Yeah. Oops. Not looking good for Enzo. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. Um, yeah, maybe we're gonna like TNA is gonna have a, a great new faction with like uh, Enzo and Baron Corbin. <laughs> we're gonna build this faction as it goes on. Um, Randy Orton versus Rusev. Rusev may be a part of this faction too. I will say <laughs> a little bit behind the like behind the curtain. I did get to chat with uh, with Rusev after the show last night, and he's 
legitimately the most wonderful human being you've ever met. He's just like, he's such a nice guy and just like, so like endlessly upbeat. Um, I learned a lot about his diet. <laughs> I think, I think I gotta, I think I gotta keep some of that kayfabe, but, um, but yeah, that was, I, uh, what do you say about that match besides here's that what, it here's, happened? Here's what I'll say. SummerSlam could have used a couple more of that match, you know, just like, yeah. Like put that put that match on like third to last, you know, and give us just a little bit more of like a holy shit, just laugh line. Basically, I thought that it was booked actually really perfectly. And Rusev got his stuff in, you know, with the sneak attack early, and then just RKO. By the way, he sold that. R- I, I I really wondered if Rusev was paralyzed Same. after that RKO. I was like, yo, he's not moving, and I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, they're not showing him on camera. <laughs> the ref the ref will not leave his side. And then as soon as the house lights went down and they played a video package, like he rolled out and was like, all right. Well, I can report that he survived. Yeah. That's some insa- inside well. information for all the humanoids <laughs> out there. He's doing well. Um, Sasha, uh, d- d- that, I think maybe the big surprise of the night was Sasha Banks, who wasn't even booked to be in this match a couple weeks ago, is the new, is the new Raw Women's Champion. Um, that's one that I really want to rewatch. I mean, it was only 10 or 15 minutes. It, was, it wasn't even 15 minutes long, but... but um, uh, I enjoyed it from where I was sitting. They and have great chemistry for two people who who hate each other, which I guess that's the secret sauce to having a, an excellent... Wait, they hate each other in real life? They hate each other in real life. Wait, what? I, don't, I didn't know this. <laughs> you, didn't know, you did not know this? No, I'm not, I'm not following the uh, the backstage rumors as much I, as I, I don't know why they hate each other, but I do know that there is real life heat between uh, Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. And... Like, like I said, I guess that's the secret sauce for having a, a great rivalry in professional and professional wrestling. And like, yeah, it worked, worked <laughs> wonders for Brett and Sean right up until they showed up in Montreal. Um, Triple H and The Rock had this professional jealousy that pushed them both into, you know, superstardom. Oh, yeah. So I guess if, if you're, you know, Matt Hardy and uh, Edge, everybody, yeah. if you, if there's somebody backstage that you hate, just you both go to Vince and just, get paid put on some fire matches because we want to see it you want the work he wants the money <laughs> uh john cena and umaga is another example i'm just <laughs> kidding that's i have no idea how they felt about each other this is a perfect opportunity to like to, to put, drop some lies into the into the podcast and hope people believe them um finn versus bray i thought went about as well as it could have possibly gone yeah somebody was saying afterwards Somebody employed by WWE was saying afterwards that after the demon entrance, like the match doesn't even matter. It's not, and this is not a creative, this is not, this is not someone in the power of making decisions, but like, it was just sort of, you know, uh, it, it was just sort of like a zoom out, a zoom out view of the whole thing where it's like people, like people are there for this entrance, you know? I think that could be said about a lot of, a lot of the superstars. I mean, you know, Bobby Roode on NXT, definitely uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, Brock, although that seems to be dead now that the the pyro, like Brock with no pyro is really doesn't feel right. That make, makes that much of a difference to you? It did. You know that I, I'm the, I have the, like the weirdest brain for watching wrestling where I'll just like, I can, you know, people complain about the announcers and I just don't even realize they're talking, but like I, the pyro has never been meaningful to me. Br- Brock is the one where it's like, I mean, it's, he's not he's not exactly on the same level as Goldberg or Batista, but like it, it, it's a part of his entrance. Absolutely, especially like when he 
does his little rocky bounce in front of the ring and then jumps up and grabs the ropes and the pyro goes off. Yeah. I think that is spectacular. And they've been doing that since he um, debuted in the early 2000s. And then Sunday, he just walks up the stairs. I'm like, you don't walk up the stairs. You're Brock Lesnar. Like, jump in the ring and grab the ropes. What the hell are you doing? Whew. Um, we'll get to that one in a sec. But Finn, Finn Bray, I thought I thought it was a good match. It wasn't. It's not going to change the world. But no. But it was the right. I think they. You know, it was a great platform for Finn. They both got their stuff in, and um, Bray did a great job of differentiating. You know, Finn Balor from from the Demon because yeah. there was a moment when Bray did like his spider walk, uh-huh. and then Finn hopped up. And then Bray kind of backed down from yeah. Finn, where usually once Bray does the spider walk. Props to the uh, to the the painting department at WWE, by the way, because they figured out some new kind of body paint that yeah. doesn't just like chip <laughs> off in five seconds. Um, although I kind of like it. By the end of the match, you'd like to see it halfway peeling off. It just shows how hard they've the been working. I guess yeah. they only went for like 10 minutes, so it doesn't really, I guess there was no time for it to sweat off. Uh, tag, we had new Raw Tag Team Champions, um, The Shield beat Cesaro and Sheamus that match was that the, the finish for that match was one of the greatest oh things I've ever God. seen it was incredible it was we, yeah I just want to watch that I'm sure there's a gif on like reddit right now I just want to watch the last 15 seconds of that loop. match over and over again on loop um it was really really well done yeah everybody I mean listen uh, the first takeaway from that was holy shit Dean Ambrose still gets the biggest pop in the company <laughs> I <laughs> mean it blows my mind too because I, I was at a show recently at the garden and it was the same thing. Like they had, they had all their stars there. Braun was there. Joe, Roman, Rollins, yeah, and Dean Ambrose got the pop of the night. One of the things that might affect my perception, I guess, is that like Braun, Braun get got, Braun was right there with them on Sunday as far as pop goes. But Braun's music is like so blaringly loud right at the beginning that like you don't really know, you can't really hear the crowd even if they're screaming. And right. Dean's Dean's is a little bit more of that low key start with the engine mo- or whatever that is, and but like people go nuts for that guy. But also like with Roman, right? You can explain it away. You know, the women and children are screaming at the top of their lungs for Roman, and you know the marks are screaming for Brock or whoever. But like with Dean, it's like, is it all of us? So who like why is it? Why does he get the pop of the I night? I think it's because it's a good cross-section of everybody. It's the women and children for sure. And, and like, we're cheering for him too. But I, I would say that AJ has, has like, that potential. You know, where like, women love him, children love him, the Marks love him. Everybody loves him. It's true. It's absolutely true. Well, listen, speaking of AJ, um, he defeated Kevin Owens at SummerSlam with a, um, you know. Styles Clash. The scariest Styles Clash. Yeah. please stop doing that to Kevin Owens. Stop doing it in general to people who are bigger than you. I, I applaud AJ Styles' ability to pull that move off when no one thought he could do it against WWE-sized guys. But I'm, it's, it's too death-defying. It's, it's, it makes me too nervous. Phenomenal forearm for Kevin Owens. You think that should have been the way to go? No, I just think he needs a new move. And Styles Clash, I mean, he's a high flyer. He should be doing some sort of... He should be doing like that... That like package neck breaker that that Owens brings out for all the pay per views, yeah. like give give Styles something like that for the for his big. I mean, he does something off the top rope or you know whatever. That suplex that Owens does off the top rope though is is it's beautiful. Like it's it's a, it's, it's, an, it's a work of art. And Shane O'Mac calling it right down the middle, despite uh, you know both of them 
coming at him was a, was also a shocker. Yeah, we got a lot of winners in this match. Um, unless you're a fan that really doesn't want to see Shane wrestle, then maybe you're the loser. But the, but uh, I think we're going we're we're headed in the direction of Owen Owens versus Shane at some point in the future. Yes, yeah. uh, absolutely. Um, and I want to see sh- like Shane. And if that happens, you know Shane is going to do something crazy that we're going to love. But that also Kevin Owens is going to you know throw him in the air and then pop a power bomb him. And it's also going to be spectacular. This is a, yeah, this was a really, really good match. I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, and I'm sure people were talking about this all over social media. I don't know, but I will say from, from sitting where I was sitting, the, my favorite part of the whole match was that Shane's kids were sitting in the front row in, in all <laughs> yeah. in referee shirts. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful thing. It was so, it was so cute. Yeah, it was, it was great. And there must've been like a random cousin there who, cause there were four, I know he has three sons, but there were four boys there and the three sons were in the ref shirts. And then, oh, it was them and Peter Rosenberg. That's, you know, that's, that, who that's it was. the kid that was yeah. in the, okay. Yeah. The Shane O'Mac jersey. From a distance, he looks like a nine-year-old. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Jinder Mahal with a sort of surprising, decisive win over Nakamura. Yeah. I'm like, you just pulled up, pulled up Wikipedia. It was 11 minutes and 25 seconds for that match. I was, I was. I was legitimately torn, but but sort of shocked that Jinder won. You know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to see well, Nakamura or Jinder win the match. I I I had, I had picked Nakamura, I think, just because I thought that there'd be a good chance for like like Jinder to win the title back on the India tour. I thought that might be more meaningful than him going in as champ. But it's whatever. It's flip of the coin. Um, we if you haven't listened to it, there was an episode of Cheap Heat that I was that I appeared on on uh, Friday night. Um, and Jinder Mahal was a special guest and he was a, he was a, just a, like the minch of the cinch. <laughs> yeah. He was he such was... a nice guy and like, just like so humble about everything that he's accomplished. And you could see like when he was talking about losing, like he was, he was, um, like, you know, he's, he'll do, um, he seemed like the kind of guy that would do absolutely anything for the company, but on some level he's got to be aware that like he got everything so quick. I mean, he, he didn't get his career is a long time, but it's all happened so fast yeah. for him over the past six months, which I, that it I could go away that his too. career is so long too. He said he debuted at what? 24 in WWE. <clears throat> yeah. That's probably about right. Yeah. He and drew were like, he was talking about how he and drew were like, like came up together and now we have the NXT champ and the SmackDown champ are like, you know, two, two out of three members of three man band. <laughs> he Slater's in a chicken costume. He Slater's <laughs> this could be the moment for Heath Slater though. Do you think he challenges Brock for the Universal Championship they on should, Monday? They should then? put him over on Raw, then that should be the storyline. My guys, like these guys, who I was their boss, and they're both champs. Now, why don't you give me a chance? Um, <laughs> that should be that. That would I would love it if he said that. There's a, that's like the comedy thing. There's also like he could also just show up on. I guess they're, they're, NXT is going to be bit busy with his Ring of Honor feud, but you could really easily book Heath into like some NXT storyline. Just like, hey, Drew, I'm better than you. I was always better than you. And then people would be so into that. Yeah. I mean, then they get bored of it. But, um, and then uh, in the main event, circle coming full circle here, Brock Lesnar defeats Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and Samoa Joe. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think you can make a case that Braun Strowman was the real winner of this match. Absolutely. He was getting cheered like peak Jeff Hardy. 
Like it, like the crowd was so into Braun Strowman, it was unbelievable. And it wasn't just like, oh, we kind of like this guy's funny gimmick. He was earning it. Yeah, I mean, he was doing like, and give credit to Brock too. He, Brock took two power slams, right? And two power slams through two announce tables. Announce table. <laughs> I love that that like they like they had to they tried to put over the announce table as being like the heaviest thing in the world, and we just see them fly to pieces at every moment. You know, it's <laughs> right. like if you get the announce table knocked over on you, you can probably just get out. Yeah. Although I, I mean, I didn't realize how much stuff was actually under the announce table too. Right. Until like they showed Braun tipping it over, you see all kinds of wires and electronics, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh, it's it's a, it was absolutely nuts, but it was great. A bunch of great, really good spots. Um, uh, Samoa Joe was just, I mean, Samoa Joe looked incredible, especially. I mean, not especially. He looked incredible during that kind of first sequence where everybody was getting their stuff in. But then he was sort of the glue of the whole match, you know, I mean, just like keeping like keeping yeah. everything moving. Um, and he did what he was there to do. You know, he brings a certain air of legitimacy to the whole thing. And he also just like he's he's like the real worker in the match, you know. Um, and Roman Reigns, man, like credit to the guy. He got the worst reaction he could have possibly. I mean, he, <laughs> he must have known it was coming, but yeah. Brooklyn hated on him like crazy. He got his moments. Uh, he made it look pretty good. And then I really thought he was going to win. I, I did too. I mean, I, I'm like you. I wanted to see that shield reunion with all of them as a champion, all red champions. I mean, once we kind of established that that wasn't the plan, it's probably a good idea they didn't let him win. I mean, because the Brooklyn might have, I mean, the Barclays Center might have burned to the ground if, yeah. if it had just been like a clean, a clean Roman Reigns win where they're kind of trying, where they, it, it looks like he might be like a baby face, you know, where they, they think he's a baby face. That but, could have been the end of the Barclays Center. But see, that's, that's the problem with, um, with wrestling fans sometimes is like, how, they gave us so many great matches and so many, you know, title changes and things like that, that are we really going to be upset if Roman Reigns would have walked out as the champion? Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. I mean, I thought it was a little bit of a downer that Lesnar won. I, 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 I just because it's just you know it's sort of the status quo. I mean, not even sort of. It's the status quo at this point. Um, I loved every moment of that match, and and, love, and the finish I thought was great too. I just thought that you know I would I would like to see I'd like to see the champion wrestle on Raw next week. You know, yeah. I mean, like just a, just a little bit of a change of pace. But I, I will say this too about that match. I mean, those four. As the main event of Monday Night Raw, like it's it's perfect. You don't need anybody else. Like those four can work in different combinations and all put on great matches together. I'm glad you said that. Um, we got to wrap the show up, but um, this is a good question to go out on. You said they don't. We don't. It's those four enough. You don't need anybody else. Are you telling me that you you don't think that that main event that closing sequence needed the Undertaker on Sunday night? I, there were a lot of rumors that the Undertaker were. was was on his way, and and from what I heard, the announced team was heavily, heavily playing into that and and mentioning the Undertaker. But um, but they straight up said Undertaker. Well, this is what was said: Michael Cole, when Roman Reigns coming out, uh, making his entrance, Michael Cole said, um, "This is the man who may have retired the Undertaker." Oh man, who may have retired the Undertaker. That's great. So, would you have been excited? Wouldn't you, would would I, I got to say everybody in that arena yeah, was if, expecting the Undertaker. If the lights went out and the gong hit, there's no question that everyone would have been excited, just like you said. But then it's like, then where do you go? No, I'm 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 with you on that. 
it's weird to have that, to leave that kind of hanging out there and to not do anything. Yeah. Like we were talking about this. I was talking about this with some people after the, after the show, as great as that card was top to bottom and as great as that main event was in a couple of years, like what, what are you going to say? Like, how are you going to remember it? You're not like when you, when you go to SummerSlam as a wrestling fan and especially when people are, don't have like the blessings that we do and like pay their good money to right. travel across the country and go to SummerSlam. You, you want to be able to say like, I was there the night the undertaker came back. Yeah. I, at least I was there the night Braun Strowman won his first title. I was there. I was there the night that something happened. And what you were like, yeah, there, I was there for that good four way. Like that, <laughs> yeah, that I, was really? there, I was there the night Brock Lesnar destroyed everybody else at the top of the card. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what happened. Um, after taking a lot of punishment himself. I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I think, for me, the big takeaway is that under the undertaker going to the airport is not, is, is <laughs> it's national. <business. laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> we just need to get like, we just need to have a full-time reporter at the undertaker, at like the San Antonio, the Austin airport or wherever the undertaker is. Um, also WWE can, is I guarantee if they're smart, they will use this in the future. The next, when they finally have the next time they have a giant angle booked, whether it's like a shield reunion or John Cena turning heel when there or, or a crazy comeback or something like that. If you want to, if if you want to distract from the fact that something's mm-hmm. happening, everybody, if people are like, oh, I kind of feel like they're going to do this John Cena heel turn finally, the way to make everybody forget about it is just to like leak pictures of the Undertaker at the airport. Yeah, and everyone will only be talking about the Undertaker running that never is going to happen, and then we get something sh- like a different shocking thing. <laughs> and they got to use that. Thing. They got to use that in the future. Um, also, we should like buy like Undertaker at the airport dot com. Right now, and just, <laughs> just leak photos. Just have like a Tumblr account of just like photoshopped pictures of him at the airport. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else we need to get in before we? Uh, I mean, is, there's nothing we failed to talk about. We talked about everything. Oh, the only thing we failed to talk about was Peter Rosenberg's amazing oh, Bobby the Brain Heenan tribute jacket. The jacket of the cinch. <sighs> that was really a thing of beauty. Yeah. Um, good thing that um, Jerry the King Lawler was there to to uh, talk shit about Rosenberg the entire night. I was really torn. My two, two, my childhood idol and one of my best friends were just sort of like sniping at each other on national television. Jerry's wrong though. I mean, do you need someone's blessing to pay respect to them? Is is that how that works? I don't think that's, I mean, he he didn't have to ask. No, he doesn't need his permission to pay him tribute via jacket. No. Rosenberg, Rosenberg's a rookie, man. He's going to get some hazing. That's it. And it's funny when like active wrestlers do it because they kind of, you know, play around with them. But I, th- I think, you know, it, it, it's it's just the way things are. Um, All right, man. Well, happy, uh, happy SummerSlam. Yep. Two more days to go. A lot of there's a lot more to go. And it's all at Barclays Center. Oh, well, will Raw and SmackDown be out when this? No, this is going to go up right now. Okay. So this is we'll have a, well, people listening. This will have a few hours before Raw to catch up. Um. But yeah, when we'll, when, and I'll be back with Schilling, I think, on Wednesday, talking out the, uh, talking about Raw and SmackDown and all the fallout. Could be a whole different world. Goldstein, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Andrew right. Goldstein hanging out in LA, in Los Angeles. I saw him on Friday night, and I'm going to see him again on Wednesday. That voice in the headphones spooked me a little bit. I forgot you were there. Yeah, that's, Sorry that's, about our, that. that's our heel producer, Jim. He's a, he's a real piece of work, that guy. Wrap it up. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Do you have anything else you want to plug on the way? I heard, I heard you have your own wrestling podcast. <laughs> no, not yet. But uh, definitely Cheap Heat still going. What's your, what's your Twitter handle? Everybody at, knows it. At StatGuyGreg. Yeah. Uh, at Rosenberg Radio. You don't have to plug Rosenberg every time you say your Twitter handle. We're, we're a team, man. At, 
Do you still do have at David Shoemaker? Do you still tweet? No, I, I tweeted some last week, but it's been, you know, it's been back and forth. I actually like lost my login and was kind of, that's, <laughs> that's the real story is that like I, I was only, I got to the point where I was only logged in on my laptop because it remembered the password, but I couldn't remember and I just didn't have the energy to do it. And then you realize that like life's kind of nice when you're not well, you like got, looking at your mentions all the time. Yeah, it's true. Although um, your mentions have to be in shambles. Now you must have like 5,000. I get one mention a week. It's really sad. <laughs> I, I doubt that. Um, everybody's, you know, they realize I'm not around anymore. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Yes, we got to go have lunch. Yeah, let's go get some food. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, a special a special post-SummerSlam apology to Dean Ambrose. And uh, we'll see you back here on Wednesday, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 